She's a belly dancer, but she's also into nutrition, healthy living, and helping others. Today, we're talking to Alicia Free. Not only is she a belly dancer, she's a podcaster. She's devoted entire sections of her website to healthy living and diet. Before we get started, let's get a quick sponsor message out of the way. Welcome to Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Twyman, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron. Say hi, Aaron. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. You sound like a lot better now from your, you had a COVID shot and yes. you've had a rough couple of days, but how are you feeling right now? Better, better. Just still a couple of things, but uh, for the most part, uh, better. Yeah. And I, we actually had one of our listeners uh, mention that we've been keeping people updated on your COVID and they, <laughs> and they, they heard that. Well, and I still have the second shot yet. To, oh, to do in well, a couple of weeks but, but. You're, you'll be fine um yeah they were from out of the country and it was uh right now remember i said we were being heard in nine countries oh, wow. well now we've been heard in a total of 29 countries oh my god yeah so i checked last night and nice. our stats uh jumped again and now we got a whole bunch of listeners from different countries and cool. we had a nice compliment today somebody said they really loved 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 that's the way she said it oh. our uh episode with aaron hart the uh stand-up comedian oh yeah. And um, what else? I got another compliment from somebody else. So yeah, so people are people are responding and they're also asking to be on the podcast. So I'm getting messages inbound through our website. Anybody listening, you can go to artworkpodcast.com and there's a form there, contact form. Just fill it out. Tell us what your creative avenue is and we will uh, set up an interview so we can talk to you. Uh, today, we're actually talking to a uh, belly dancer, believe it or not um she's more than a belly dancer um and we're going to hear more about that her name is alicia free and we should have her with us here uh on uh, zoom you with us uh, alicia i'm here Alrighty, great well how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for asking awesome and uh, i'm here with my co-host aaron so say hi aaron hey alicia hey aaron so anybody who's listening, uh, if you want to go to, while you're listening to this, because of course this is just audio, but if you want to get some video, go to bellydancebodyandsoul.com. It's pretty, pretty straightforward, bellydancebodyandsoul.com. And um, uh, you know, the first, one thing that I, I uh, noticed uh, when I first started studying your website and looking at what you're doing is um, you really do uh, talk quite a lot about uh, uh, diet and uh, recipes and that kind of thing and uh, can you talk a little bit about your your what got you into vegan and and the type of food that you're preparing and eating sure i it's funny i just became vegetarian randomly it, i didn't know that vegetarians existed until i went to college it's pretty funny mm. and yeah, I got to Cornell. I studied at Cornell University and oh. I met vegetarians and I was like, oh, I think I'm done with veal. And then I was just done with everything. Oh, wow. and, and I thought that I would become vegan when I was, I was like, I'm going to, you know, get, I'm going to turn 60 and run marathons and then I'm going to be vegan. And then <laughs> I came back, I thought it was going to be this long, far in the future thing, but I came back from India, another trip to India, and I had eaten so much dairy and eggs there that I was like, Dead. oh wow <laughs> so it was really easy even when i was a meat eater i i tried veal a few times and i was like yeah i didn't wasn't crazy about it i was like uh i was the guy that was at in and out burger three times a week you know but <laughs> um but i haven't had uh red meat now for what like eight nine eight seven eight years or something. Hmm. yeah it's been a while 
so I haven't had any red meat or pork or uh, chicken. And uh, so I'm staying away from all that stuff. So, um, so you're, and, and, and also too, uh, because obviously you're promoting the idea of healthy eating. Uh, do you work with anyone on that? Or is that something more personal or? Oh, great question. I worked with Dr. T. Colin Campbell, the author of the China study or the co-author. He authored it with his son. The, and chi the China study? China study. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want people to hear that. And maybe go. No, look at it. that's okay. It was a best-selling book, and it was a decades-long longitudinal study in China of dietary patterns. Mm -hmm. And and so he was looking at dairy consumption and meat consumption, and it's really amazing findings. If you want to Google it, there's like, it's controversial for sure. Okay. People are very very wedded to the food that they love, and I understand that because I also love the food that I eat. And really what I, what I find most important for myself is that I love the food that I eat. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, so it's just finding what that is. And I just, you can find evidence for all kinds of things in the world, you know, whatever you're looking for, basically, sure, sure, you can sure. find certain things that point to that, but it just eating. Well, and, yeah, it's just makes you're, sense. you're probably better at it than me. And I know Aaron is better at it than me. And that is that, um, I, uh, even though I was, when I was younger, I was, you know, running and jogging and I was living in the beach area and I was eating at healthy restaurants and all this kind of stuff. And this was back in the like eighties, you know, late eighties. And, um, I really got on this big health kick, but my thing is, uh, almost like a food addiction in a way to where you, where I, I love crunchy food and I love just certain kinds of tastes. And so then when you're, when you're used to that, and you go through a bunch of health problems, you know, because of it, then you start trying to eat healthy. And the appeal of the healthy food is so low that I just, it was, it was like torture, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so what was really nice for me is that they started creating all of these vegan products that mimic uh, meat products. And so now I can make dishes with, you know, sausage and all these things, but I'm not eating any, it's all vegan and I'm not eating any meat. So do you prepare all your own food uh, raw or do you buy like pre-packaged vegan products or? It's a mix. Uh, we tend to go more on the whole food spectrum and just go like more rice and other whole grains and beans. And then it's, it's fun to, to take in the different products that are actually getting so much better than they were 10 years ago, even. Like the, the Miyoko cheese that's made mostly of cashews instead of- Oh, like I love that. Ingredients. Oh yeah, there's just magical food out there. People are yeah. making some amazing like five ingredient products. Huh. And they're even, that, uh, they're even competing too. Oh, so, yeah. so the taste is even getting better. <laughs> it's just getting better and better. And so yeah. Dan too, what you were talking about, the hyper palatable foods, Mm -hmm. the foods that are designed so that you just mindlessly eat more and more hyper palatable okay hyper palatable foods yeah where they have added oil salt and sugar okay those three things just make it so people eat like without thinking and just want more it's the addictive eating um those right. kinds of foods they're designed for that right yeah somebody told me one time that they were putting sugar in uh, mcdonald's french fries and i was like and potatoes oh, yeah, the MSG, the and, MSG I, and, and then we went years and years ago we have a we have two sons and they're adults but when they were kids you know we took them to um this uh um, children's museum in LA and back then they had an exposed McDonald's meaning they 
they took a McDonald's and they, they built it entirely, this one side of it entirely of glass. So you watched how they made all the food on an assembly line as you walked along. And you know what I mean? You could see how they were making your food. And they took these pellets in these big plastic bags, which were dehydrated potatoes where they sucked all the water out of these potatoes and turned them into tiny little pellets. And they would put them in this machine and rehydrate them with tap water and then squeeze out French fries and then dump that in a deep fryer and cheap oil and then feed that to people. <laughs> and I was watching it going, I'm never having another McDonald's French fry for, for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> you reconstituted something. So, uh, now, and I don't know if that's changed or not, and I'm, I'm not here to disparage any companies or anything, but I just have, I mean, I cannot remember the last time I ate like a Jack in the Box kind of a meal or any of those well, kinds of things. Jack in the Box, uh, the owner of Jack in the Box, what is it? Uh... Well, it used to be Ralston Perina. Yeah. But um, did you, were at any time, were you a, a fast food person or have you always been a healthy eater? I used to eat Doritos and Acto Cooler and like, oh my God. sandwiches on white bread. Like my parents did their best for sure, but we're from upstate New York. And they didn't know, they didn't grow up with a relationship to food. Okay. You know, they, they didn't really know what was in things they were eating, you know? Okay, right. So, right. so I started off with those kinds of foods, but I've never, I, I have friends who I've worked with um, in other plant-based communities that do have addictive eating in their, in their past. Mm -hmm. And they know to just stay away from the hyperpalatable foods. But okay. I never had that as part of my my life. So okay, you know, I got to ask you about something. It just it just popped in my head. I was watching your videos, and this one video really jumped out at me. You're uh, belly dancing, and you're in the middle of what looks like a desert, and there's a caravan behind you of camels with people on them. And I thought to myself, how in the world did this come about? Is that a green screen, or are you really in the desert? It's the magic of life. I mean, honestly, you know, you know what art does, right? I was mm -hmm. on a camel ride in Rajasthan, very close to the border of Pakistan. Wow. And I, I bring my tripod because I love making these videos in these gorgeous places so that people can be transported there with me when they're dancing. Mm -hmm. And I just set up my video on the other side of the sand dune, my camera, and this, I know, caravan of camels came by. <laughs> But that was the, wow. it's the craziest thing. It's a great video, but what, I mean, what you was manifested the, them? <laughs> yeah, it's just, what, what was the, what was the atmosphere? In other words, was there a nearby town? Was it just all sand everywhere? You were in the middle of nowhere. What was the atmosphere like there? We had ridden the camels out from, you know, from a city. Well, we rode a truck from a city to, was it like 10 hours? No, no, it was less of camel riding. And mm. then, you know, we set up and fall asleep and wake up and go back. So it was, it was like the deserts, but you know, in, in between Rajasthan. And, and, uh, you know, my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, wow. my mind always goes to the comedy of everything. And um, I envisioned a couple of the guys in the, uh, you know, um, I just, the word just flew out of my head. Uh, the guys on camel, the um, caravan whatever i envisioned a couple of the guys you know one of them saying where are we going to camp tonight and then the other one looking <laughs> over and seeing in the middle of nowhere a belly dancer by herself going i think we should camp over there <laughs> <laughs> you know because i mean just the visual of it would be like what is going on here you know there's just here's this uh person out here doing this provocative dance in the middle of the desert you know i love that picture of you where you're um in it looks like there's a, a stream and you're you've got this uh beautiful 
belly dancing, you know, um, top on, and then you've got the beautiful skirt and your belly dancing, or your, it looks like you're dancing across a, um, a um, not, it's not, it's a stream. So it's interesting, rather than being drawn to an indoor studio to do videos or whatever, you're outdoors a lot, kind of in touch with nature. Is that, uh, is that, is that something that, you know, was pre-planned or is that just where you're drawn to? I feel like I'm just in beautiful spaces so much of my life hmm. um, that, yeah, I prefer the, I prefer those beautiful spaces. Huh. And it's similar too with dancing. A lot of people love dancing on a, you know, a stage in a theater or they love, you know, dancing in a studio. I want to dance by a fire. Okay. Yeah, I, I want to dance in the dirt. I <laughs> like that's, that. And then with my band there with me, you know, next to the stream and in the trees. Hence the freedom, the free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's where I feel. That's <laughs> one of the, the big parts of why I dance is because channeling the muse, I think giving the muse a vehicle is very important on this planet. Hmm. Um, when I'm when I'm in those spaces, I'm just more open to the muse entering me and and moving me and and going back to where it goes. But I I really think it's important to have the presence of the muses more on the planet, and that's why I think artists are so important. Hmm. So thank you guys for being artists too. <laughs> oh, sure, of course. Of well, course. you know, there's even a book that talks about a woman's best way. Like a a man can meditate and find his center. But a woman's best way of meditation is through her body, through her hands, through the, her work, through being active, physically active. That's the best way for a woman to, to meditate. Um, sure, we can meditate, you know, you know um, fold our, our legs and do the usual sitting position for meditation, but it's better for us women to be active. And so it kind of makes sense you you know and, and also too i want to a good point here and i also want to remind everybody if you're listening to this and you did not log in but now you're curious um go to bellydancebodyandsoul.com and that way you can see what it is that we're referencing here in our discussion um also too uh i wanted to ask you when did you first start belly dancing like when was the very first time you ever said i want to do that it's so funny. I signed up for a, a phys ed class at Cornell. Huh. That was a belly dancing class. Oh, wow. And that was the first time. And I don't know why. I, I don't think I'd ever even seen a belly dancer. Huh. But the, the memory that I feel like is more powerful with that is I was in Mexico. And some like, like senior frog, some ridiculous Cancun club. And I was like, I don't know if I was 13 or 14. And there were people playing drums. And it was the first time that I danced to drums. And mm. that was like the moment that changed me. I think I, I must have indirectly related if I belly dance and I'm going to get to dance to drums. Oh, wow. so I think that was the moment where I, where I first started that wow. heartbeat mm -hmm. dance situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, that's fun interesting. it's funny the things that uh, grow our affinity, you know, the trigger our affinity. Yeah. And also, and also too, before that, were you real physical before that? Like, were you doing any kind of gymnastics or any kind of, because uh, obviously you're in excellent shape, which I'm very jealous about, but yeah. um, <laughs> were you already uh, doing physical things? I was a runner and this is another part of why I started belly dancing. Actually, I'd sprained my ankle, I think four times at that point. Wow. <laughs> because I was a distance runner. I love, again, being out in the woods. 
but I was missing a part of me that was grounded. I was mm. very, very, um, yeah, I mm. needed to be pulled back to earth and I kept on tripping back to earth. And oh. it was interesting. I went to an astrologer, you know, it was a gift. And she, uh, I've only been to an astrologer twice in my life. And she just gave me such a huge gift when she said, you need to start cooking and you need to start doing Qigong. Because oh, okay. you're, you're just not connected to the earth. Say, say, it, say it again, please. You need to start doing, what is it again? Cooking, cooking uh-huh. because that's a very grounding experience. I mean, you're, it's your most intimate relationship, your most intimate interaction with food and the earth and what comes from okay. the earth. Okay, cooking, and then you, right? and you said something else though. Ah, and Qigong. Qigong, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. The Qigong I bring into my dance sometimes too, but that's another just totally rooting yourself into the earth. Mm. Uh, in case in case anyone's wondering why I keep clarifying terms, it's because when I'm listening to podcasts myself, I have to stop them, back them up, listen to what the person said and go find it on Google. That way I can look at it while I'm here, you know, listening to it. So I tend to like stop and then clarify because I want people to be able to to do that. Because a lot of times, like I sit at a desktop and listen to podcasts and look at people's websites and that kind of stuff, you know. So, um, so I just, that's why I keep, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm trying to clarify, here's what we're talking about. Kind so of Qigong is a form of what? It's a, it's, it's a martial art form. Oh. It's more like, it's more like Tai Chi. Oh, okay. So it's those slow movements where you, someone looks like they're almost slicing the air, that kind of a thing. Didn't, didn't, uh, Aaron, didn't you? No, you didn't. I did Tai Chi, but, I did tai chi too, did, but we didn't do it together though. No. Okay. I, Cause I, I, I did Tai Chi for about maybe a year it was back when I was doing taekwondo and I was trying to um, stretch more and I was having problems stretching you know you know Alicia I have to tell you something real quick Um, when I was a little girl my parents used to take me to a rest my parents were in the film industry and um, so we used to do all kinds of weird stuff and so my parents used to take me to a restaurant in Hollywood called um, I grew up in Hollywood called Athenian Gardens and so I was like six years old or seven years old and they would have me um some when they turn on certain music the people knew me there and it was like family atmosphere and so they would have me go up on in on the dance floor with a few other people and I would lift my stomach so you could see my belly button and I would do the rolling because I learned how to do the rolling I was like six or seven years old wow so I just I just remember that and that is what turned me on to dancing oh wonderful kids can do the best belly rolls Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I have, I always tell people I have a one, one pack ab. So <laughs> I, so oh I, my God. I can do one belly roll and then I'm have, I probably roll off the bed, but um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I like this. I like this picture of you where it says tips and tails. It's uh, you're sitting on a boat on the beach. Oh God, that's Sri Lanka. That's that a great, like that's, a, a that's a very artsy picture. That's, that'd be a great painting. I took that picture myself. Thank you. Really? <laughs> artsy. Hey, I wanted to ask you also too, um, how, how do various cultures, because obviously you're traveling around. So how do various cultures react to belly dancing? Oh my goodness. What a big question. So um, I, I prefer to do it just like, I'll close the door when I'm hanging out with a bunch of women and, and you know, I like, Hey, you guys want to dance, you know? And uh, so when that's in that space it's very exciting for the women to move especially Mm -hmm. in places where it's not it's not a normal thing like in a lot of places in the middle east traditionally it has been a thing where the women just you know close the door and they move the coffee table and they dance dance it out 
Hmm. Wow. What's well, like your grief and energy? No, wait. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you're saying in the Middle East. So, but aren't there parts of the Middle East where belly dancing is just a part of the culture and everybody's fine with it? Or is that changed now? Or what's going on there? Everybody's fine with it. People are very entertained with by it. You know, in, in different places, like Egypt is like the Hollywood of the Middle East kind of thing, right? All okay. these different belly dance films were coming out, you know, uh -huh. in the, this is the 30s and the 40s. Oh, yeah, I remember all those old films. The Golden Era, I mean, just amazing, amazing mm -hmm. films. And, and so a lot of countries in the Middle East have gone in and out of being very cosmopolitan and then going back to being much more religious. So it's kind of okay. a wave back and forth. But um, but being being a belly dancer in the Middle East has never been a positive thing. Interesting, yeah. Because see, my only uh, experience uh, with with this subject is that obviously at my age, I saw a lot of old films where they did the stereotyping, and you know, you got a sense of belly dancing from that. But years ago, we were uh, someone invited me to, um, it was a guy that was working for me, actually. And he said, Oh, you have to go to this restaurant with me. It's called the moon of Tunis. And I said, What's the moon of Tunis? And he goes, you're gonna love it. We're gonna sit on the floor. It's gonna be in Hollywood, LA area, you're gonna like, eat like 11 course meal with your hands, and they're gonna bring you washcloths, there's no knives or, or forks or anything. And so that's what I was thinking was, Oh, we're gonna go do that. So we go there. And the place is totally decked out. You feel like you're in another country and we're sitting there eating and all of a sudden out come the belly dancers. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. And, wow. And, and they came right up to literally my face and they're gyrating their hips around and people are putting dollars in their, um, you know, waistband sort of thing. And they were very good at what they were doing. And I was like, really, it was obviously entertaining and everything. And so that was an experience, but then years went by and I was teaching an acting class in, uh, of all places, uh, Hermosa Beach, California. And I hear this music across the hall in another classroom, because there's all these classrooms. And I go over there, and the doors cracked a little bit, and I look inside, and there's a girl in there teaching belly dancing. And she was doing a routine as entertainment for her class, and they had just started, and somebody pulled the door open, and I'm standing in the door, and I'm the only guy, it's all women. And I'm watching this performance and I was absolutely blown away by it. It was like more than, um, it was just such an amazing uh, ability that she had and the art of it. And it's really hard to explain. You'd have to see it in person if no one's ever seen it. Um, the, the experience that I had anyway, she was wearing all black. She had these black veils and all this stuff and she was removing veils and she was literally like at times sliding across the floor almost and just doing all this amazing stuff so um so again it was a really big impact so if no one's ever seen belly dancing in person there's a huge difference between seeing it on a video and then sitting there and seeing it in person and it's very impressive and you really get a sense of phys you know how much uh discipline goes into it so um so uh alicia are you when it comes to the discipline of it how how often do you do you get a chance to do belly dancing oh it's terrible now <laughs> <laughs> because i live so much for performance oh. um mm -hmm. i built a studio in our basement which is fun and i have a personal trader and when i have my personal and she's an incredible belly dancer in florida siana bogus Oh. And she, uh, so I have a personal trainer that she works with me, getting me more towards my, you know, my fitness goals. And then I turn on these old videos of belly dancers and dance with like the most amazing belly dancers in my basement. Wonderful. 
So that's been COVID belly dance for me. You know, I'm lucky if I do that once a week, but I I actually, I wake up every morning dancing. Uh, That's That's beautiful. yeah, Yeah. I got this hallway and my house is wood floors. So I just, I wake up and I spin out of the room and Yeah. yeah. So I you, it, you know, it helps with it, it, especially during this COVID time when we're just sort of like sitting sometimes in in um, mm-hmm. in quarantine. It helps to get up and move around or whatever. And sometimes I turn music on and just start dancing. Uh, um, I on, on that note, I had a question about um, uh, there's a, a thing on your website uh, page. It talks about barefoot flamingo, por favor, a belly dancer studying flamingo and Seville. What's that all about? That's really, oh sounds really exciting. I, I, I just live such a blessed life. Uh, so I was in Sevilla with my mother. We, we went to Southern Spain right before we adopted our first child. Oh, and wow. um, oh my God, it was such, and we just, we wanted to go and just eat up the flamenco, all sure. the flamenco that we could see. And hear it. And I would, I was looking up, I have a friend in Ithaca that goes to Spain to study flamenco. She used to go every year. And I asked her for suggestions. And so she suggested these different dance studios. Huh. And so I would, you know, I'd call the studio or email the studio that I don't know how to do this. I don't have shoes, but I am a dancer and they would let me in their classes. Really? Oh God. Mm. It was unbelievable just to be around that energy. Flamenco is oh, so my God. passionate, right? Wow. It's, it's such a powerful dance form. And there are certain things that it shares with what we think of as belly dance mm. in terms of really beautiful hands and different hip sways and mm. different, some, some of the footwork a little bit, some of the high kicks and things. There's a lot of flamenco fusion artists that, that fuse flamenco with Middle Eastern dances too. And you've got the whole, you know, Moors that carry the Moors in Spain and the, the beautiful music that came out of that and the Jews that were in Spain and all. Well, you know what I, what I noticed when I, my parents used to take us when I was a kid and um, the power of it is what impressed me because we were at a, a flamenco performance one time and the male dancer who's wearing very tight clothes and he's wearing a little bit high heel shoes with taps on them. And when he would hit the wooden floor with a little bit of hollow underneath mm-hmm. it with that with that with his with those shoes with the power that he did it mm. I just remember thinking man it's like this is a it was just a serious it's almost like when these guys started everybody stopped everything they're doing and that's all they were focused on was just the power of this routine these people were doing kind of like grounding <laughs> yeah it was really something but um you know we're getting we're running out of time oh, we I wanted are, to know a little bit about Christian Demarais Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're going to, we got a few more minutes, but uh, what, what's your question? Here? Well, um, the man, uh, it says here that uh, somebody told you that a couple of seats down at the bar was a flamingo singer uh, from Seville. Yeah. Well, his name was Christian Desmarais. Desmarais. Hmm. Yeah. And then I, I got to see members of his band perform. And when I was just, uh-huh. in a, you know, I just looked at the performance who was on stage and I said, oh, these are the guys I saw perform in Ithaca. This is lovely. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, flamenco singers, if you haven't had the chance to just hear someone rip their heart out oh, <laughs> in really? a beautiful way, oh God, mm. just the vibrato and the, oh, anyway, I love flamenco. Uh, one other, I, 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 there was another question I want to ask you before we wrap it up. I, are, have you had a chance to um, perform or do belly dancing in any type of films, television, any kind of uh, production like that before, like a music video or anything? Oh, that would be fun. 
I've you, definitely, yeah. I've definitely danced on stage with different bands that, but I, I haven't been in a music video with a band. Yeah, well, the, the, the reason I'm asking is because uh, this podcast is geared all about creativity, creative people, and we've been doing artists, sculptors. We did a, a you know interview with a, a stand-up comedian, but I want to evolve it into actors. And I also have a guy who's a film producer. Uh, that I'm talking to right now uh, in email about setting up an interview with him. And so it made sense to me that someone like yourself would definitely have an in with the entertainment industry, because let's face it, if they're doing a production and it involves belly dancing, you know, they need, they need somebody who really knows what they're doing and can even teach others potentially or whatever. It could be a character in a movie that just happens to also be a belly dancer. Right. Yeah. A lot of people get parts in films because of what their abilities are, whether it's athletic or uh, some sort of dance or singing or whatever that gets them into a a major motion picture, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's something I would, I would definitely think about. And if anybody's listening and you uh, are a producer, director, whatever, casting agent, go to bellydancebodyandsoul.com where you can reach Alicia Free, who has the best last name on the planet. (laughs) And uh, I love that last name free. Um, so it, before we wrap it up, is there any messages you want to send or talk to uh, talk about? Or? I do want to mention something, Dan, because you talked about crunchy food. And I, I wanted to, to say something that I thought was super helpful when I was um, speaking with a macrobiotic counselor. And he said, mm. there's a dry crunch and a wet crunch. Mm. Right? And the crunch satisfies either a dry crunch or a wet crunch will satisfy that, that desire for a crunch. But the wet mm. crunch is going to be the one that like really really is the helpful crunch, like a cucumber. I admit, I admit, I love biting in, I admit, I love biting into apples. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, there's the wet crunch. Sometimes we're just looking for the crunch Mm. and the processed, you know, salty, oily food is the, is the go-to. But if we have something else like the celery or the carrot or the apple, like it really satisfies you. Mm-hmm. So just the dry crunch versus the wet crunch. I know that's not anything to do with that. No, that's a great. <laughs> you know, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. I've learned a couple of three things. I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast a few times because you've said some things that I want to re- research a little bit. And also, Definitely. it's interesting when people talk about, you already said a term that I forgot, which had to do with my desire to Hyper palatable. Yeah, that's a really good word because then you can identify it after you got the word. Yeah, I got to remember hyper palatable because it'll help me mentally to to stop doing things that I shouldn't be doing if I can have the right way of looking at it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like quitting smoking. You know, I I was uh, a cigarette smoker until I was about twenty seven until uh, my wonderful wife got pregnant and, I, and we both said, that's it, no more cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, uh, but, but it took that event to get me to stop smoking where before I tried everything on the planet to stop smoking and I couldn't, you know? And so I think it's a similar thing with food where, you know, like right now I'm, I've been eating, um, what are those enlightened brand? Uh, it's like uh, pretend ice cream where it's only got like 80 calories and it's got zero sugar in it and all that kind of stuff or one, two grams of sugar or something. So, but even that I'm like, oh, this is like real ice cream. So you go nuts with it. And then you realize this isn't healthy either. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't, I can't wake up. I can't wake up in the morning and have, you know, 80 calorie ice cream for breakfast and then you know what I mean it's just it's mm-hmm. stupid but but if you if it's something you can't have because I'm allergic to dairy and all that and, and, I, and obviously in the diet the sugar but if it's something you can't have and haven't had for years and then you discover some product that mimics it 
you do kind of go nuts with it for a while. So if anybody is, is uh, getting ready to make any changes or you're going through the similar thing, just be aware. I've, I've been really struggling with it and I have to make myself avoid certain things for a couple of days at a time. What's the name of so, that sausage that I love? That's my favorite. Uh, it's called Tofurky. Oh, it's, my it's, favorite. it's tofurky and it's uh it's hot italian sausage that's my favorite i chop it up and i uh put it in a frying pan with uh, Brown rice and uh vegan uh butter and uh olive oil and i stir fry it around a little bit and then i take a little bit of organic local honey and i douse a little bit of honey on there and then i get some organic soy sauce and put a little mm -hmm. bit in there and then i just keep pan frying a little bit he's a really good cook you don't you don't nice, have nice. you don't have to overcook it and, i burn i burn toast so and, and, so, <laughs> and so uh but i guarantee you you make that with some like organic peas on the side with maybe uh another third food item and you have a really healthy meal you know and uh and again there's no meat and it's all uh, organic and vegan we do have to cut it off though we've been this has been a great conversation by the way i've really enjoyed talking to you guys so thank yeah, you for, yeah. thank you you for inviting wonderful. me yeah you're uh, you're obviously a good human we can tell by your <laughs> your uh your the way you're living your life so uh anybody who's interested again we're talking to alicia free and she is at belly dance body and soul.com and I highly recommend watch her videos, especially the one where there's a caravan of camels going in the background. That's my <laughs> that's my favorite so far. Oh, Dan, can I add one more thing too? I have a belly dance podcast. Oh, Ooh. awesome! So uh, since, since you guys are also our listeners are already consumers of podcasts, the uh, belly dance right. podcast is a little lighter with Alicia. Free okay, so let's belly dance and let's. Music. Let's talk about that real fast, and Get then we'll cut it off. Dance moves, belly it's dance, a, yeah. Music, costume tips, and more from this badass belly dance podcast. <laughs> okay, so the badass belly dance podcast, which I love that name, is on her website, and you've got all of your links to go to Apple or anything like that. Plus, you got all your episodes right there. Wow. Right. So uh, that's really good. Refle what does that say? Reflecting on dance during the COVID era. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we'll study that a little bit more as well. But listen, we really like talking to you, and. Um, we're going to cut it off right now and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again in the future. Yeah, we can. The nice, thing, good. nice thing about podcasts, you can always do it again in the future, you know, and keep, we can check back with you and see how things are progressing along. Thank you, you, know? Thank you so much, both of you. Thank of course, you, of course. So, Aaron, say bye bye. Bye bye, everybody. See okay. ya, Alicia. Alicia. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And then again, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. okay. Thanks, Alicia. Bye. bye. All righty, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end it right there. Aaron, say bye to the audience. Bye, everybody. Do you have anything inspiring you want to say? Stay free. Oh, nice. Perfect. <laughs> That's a perfect. <laughs> okay. So uh, there we go. All right, you guys, we'll talk to you soon.